Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Special Mikey, and with me isn't Hindu Anthony. You know he's got the adult thing going on today, but we do have our other wonderfully awesome host, Super Vegan Brian. You made it sound like he's in like a porno, and he's not. Is he? Maybe. That we don't a, really know. That guy's a freaking mystery. He he stepped into the extra dimensional portal, and we don't know what he's doing. He's the John Holmes of another dimension. We have a guest today. We do. Everybody, we have with us today, I'm just going to say Mr. Rusty or the Rusty Nail. Hey, guys. <laughs> He's like Rusty hey, Nail. Rusty. <laughs> so, Rusty, why don't you <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your nerdy? Okay. So, uh, I guess full disclosure, I'm married to Kersey Smurf. <gasps> You're uh, married to Kersey Smurf, Erica. Yeah, he, for real. He's He's also a fan of our show. Oh, super fan so time. You, yeah, so if you ever wondered if you had a fan, like, keeping you up awake at night, rest assured, her and I are at least two fans. Don't don't worry, Michael. <laughs> he's not he's not a fan of you like you're a fan of Odin. He, 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 <laughs> he's not going to try to find you. <laughs> that guy's one podcast session away from actually getting a restraining order. So, so what makes you nerdy, Rusty? Well, for as long as I can remember, I've loved things like Star Wars. In fact, I wore out not my copy, but my neighbor's VHS copy of Star Wars because there was a time when I didn't own it. And from there, kind of matriculated into the fantasy novels, got real big into not a real big series, but Redwall, if any of you are familiar with that, in kind of my tween years. And then I moved on to um, Dark Elf Trilogy. And just always had a real big fascination with sci-fi, especially fantasy is always near and dear to my heart. But sci-fi is just where it's at for me. That actually is really good. The fantasy novel genre has actually been something I've been really into. And you said the Red Wall. Yeah, I've never actually heard of that one. I don't think a lot of people have. It's um, I can't remember if the guy's British or French. Brian Jacques. And he the story is premise is. It's a medieval setting, but all the characters are animals. So it usually focuses on the exploits of a single uh, family of mice. So it starts with a monk named Matthias that lives at Redwall Abbey. And then some of them will go back to his ancestor, uh, Martin the Warrior. That's how they always kind of give his title. But yeah, just really cool adventures. Good for kids. Every race has kind of a different little quirk to it. So, like, the rabbits are always super hyperactive and super polite, but they will eat you out of house and home. <laughs> and, like, um, yeah. And, like, the um, otters are, like, master uh, slingsmen, and they live by the river, so they always have a plethora of stones. It, it's good fun. That sounds that very sounds good. Like fun. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like actually a really good read. Well, you know, we brought you on today to be an extra guest host today, you know, because we like to do that every once in a while throwing in the mix and we're going to talk about today's topic of cyberpunk mm, but i do love some cyberpunk yeah because that's today that's today's topic but first we're going to play everybody's favorite game what's nerdy with you 
Now, for anybody who's never played this before, or this is your or inherited to play this before because it's like your first podcast, or you just really hate the beginning of the episodes. I don't know which, but this is a game where your hosts sit down and then they talk about what's the nerdiest thing they did in the week, and we all vote on what we think is the nerdiest. Not really the most interesting, but the nerdiest. And then we make them the king of the nerds. So we can't say the king of the nerds. That was a show. Oh yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll we'll make them the Duke of the Geeks. Yeah, that works. <laughs> You'll be Duke of the Geeks because we're not allowed to own crowns, apparently. <laughs> yeah. It's still it's still just a little sexist in the title, but it's better. Kirsty Smurferica was was a uh, Duke of the Geeks, and she was happy because she be Brian. She didn't get a title; she just got the no prize and a nickname. <laughs> yeah, no, she doesn't get to be the Duke of the Geeks. She got a nickname. But we're gonna go ahead and start this off, and we always start with. The guest, you're up, Rusty Nail. So I've actually been dreading this segment a little bit, because I hear you guys do all these awesome things, and I'm like, man, am I nerdy enough to hang with these guys? (laughs) (laughs) We dread it every week. (laughs) (laughs) If it makes you feel any better. It does. There's a couple times where I'm just like, oh, man, did I I do anything today? (laughs) (laughs) So I guess what's nerdy with me is uh, not only raising my offspring, I don't know if that's nerdy or not. But it's like having a second full-time job, if anybody uh, wasn't aware. You called it your offspring. It's nerdy. (laughs) Um, But part of it is, so you're up real late at night at real weird hours. And um, with our fire stick, I've just been searching for all these, like, random cartoons I used to watch when I was a kid. So, uh, like, last night I watched a couple episodes of Centurions, if anybody remembers that. Whoa. Oh my god, I just mentioned that the other day. What? I had just brought up Centurions the other day to Daniel Cross, our music guy. I was like, have you ever heard of this? Did you watch this when you were a kid? And he'd never heard of it before. I, I have the toys. Nice. Yeah. You, have, I, you still do or you did? I did. I don't have any of my toys from when I was a kid. I had a fire when I was 18. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. But um, I had the blue guy. And the red cyborg guy. Yeah. It's um, Ace McCloud and I want to say Dr. Terror. Dr. Terror. Do you remember the show, Michael? Vaguely. I didn't get to watch a lot of it. Yeah, because you were an infant. <laughs> well, no, I watched reruns of a lot of really good <laughs> 80s cartoons. Trust me. I loved the original Transformers cartoon. They mm. were the, the, the action figures were these guys with holes all over them and you put like jetpacks on them and stuff. The the blue guy was the flying guy and the green guy was the um what uh, underwater? Yeah. I had the blue guy but I didn't have any any of the things that went with him. Like I got him at like at a yard sale. It's the uh that's the risk you take at buying things at a yard sale. It was so awesome. I I once went to a yard sale and the guy had all of the Ghostbusters toys, and my mom wouldn't let me buy any of them. Oh, I feel bad for you right now. Yeah, my mom was like, "No, you don't need any more toys." I was like, "Ghostbusters." They had the the device that Egon used that had the arm. I can't remember what it's called. Where when the ghost is around, the arms would raise up, and it still worked. They hit the button, and the arms raised. Oh, the um, is it the psychokinetic meter? I think that's what it was. Yeah, wouldn't let me get it at all. Well, that's pretty cool. Like, um, you're you're getting. You're probably going to get my vote now because <laughs> I had just brought that up this week. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to go first because oh, wait, you um, don't want to be last. Yeah, because we're probably sharing the same thing. 
And actually, I'm tied. I'm not sure which one I'm going to take. Okay. It's something I, just happened last night. I went. The nerdiest thing I did this week is I went to Michael's house and ran a Pathfinder game, and it was my first in-person game in a long time, and it was wild. And I'm going to describe they the characters went to a freak show, and I described the tattooed man. Oh no, his entire body tattooed, and. Hmm. No, I'm telling this story, Michael. Um, he had his entire body tattooed, and I said he has an he has um, an elephant below the waist. And <laughs> Michael goes, Michael's playing a female character, and I go, Michael goes, my my character leans way in to get a close look, and I go, the elephant sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Yes. Oh my god, that was great. Didn't her mother warn her about strange elephants? <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. Well, what was yours? You feel free to share Pathfinder if you want, but I'm I'm curious to know what tied with it. Well, okay, my honorable mention is going to be Pathfinder because that was my first game in like a year and a half to two years. I had so much fun. The characters we made were great. Brian, I still stand by it as one of the best gms i've ever had and it, it was fun we had we he gave us a little bit more free reign on the table and it was great but i got home from my the thing that tied it and i, I had a lot of fun last night was i helped uh two of my very close friends Dwayne and danielle make their wedding favors for their wedding that's next month and i know that doesn't sound quite nerdy but their wedding favor was a bottle opener key that looks like an old-fashioned key. And the, the teeth on the key are the, the bottle opener piece. And they had to take that and you had to take chain, a uh, little like bronze chain, clip it to the key from the key to a little tiny vial bottle that they cut. Uh, they cut sized cork eyelet hole, uh, eyelet pieces that they screwed into the cork. And then they made glow juice, red and blue glow juice to make the little vials glow and they stuck that all together and they made a part and they made um, a bottle opener key with help with heal potions and mana potions on the backside. Okay. That's pretty damn cool. All right. So if we all vote for you, then Danny and Dwayne win, not you. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but my fingers are so sore. Cause like you, you had to man the, the, the lock, the, the little lock rings that we had to, that we used to hook the chain to the key and the bottle. You had to pry them open by hand and like doing it, you had to use two little, two fingers, your two fingers that had the longest nails on them. And after about 68, your fingers start to hurt. Wow. Yeah. So it's voting time. Um, Rusty, who do you vote for? Uh, I think I vote for Michael. Not only does that sound way cool, it's a uh, hands-on craft, which I love. I'm kind of a crafty guy. I love making my own stuff. So I think it's my vote. Yeah. I, um, I've been voting for guests a lot, and I'm going to have to continue that pattern because this just it just strikes me. It's nerdy, and I relate to it. And it's a show I watched when I was a kid, and I've been thinking about it a lot lately, too. So it's something in common with me. So... Yeah, I vote for Rusty. Yay. Yay, I am actually going to vote. I'm actually going to vote for Brian today because he made an elephant penis sneeze on me. It's a true tie. 
I I do I do want to make a quick shout out to Dwayne and Danny though because they were playing in that game and yeah and they were they were both playing gender bent characters and I've never experienced that before and it was really yeah. cool to see their characters argue in gender it was it just was, fantastic it was hilarious plus the misconception of the high five yes yes <laughs> so we can actually talk about that on our when we do the gming episode because that will part that plays part in it yeah so when we do our gm is that next week uh it's next week or the week after so um we're we're gonna talk about cyberpunk but um you're gonna be leaving us i have to jump out of here yeah, yes i do because you 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 got you got in a car accident and now you have to get treated so you yes, have to you have other priorities other than podcast time unfortunately yes i have to go get my twisted vertebrae uh pulled and worked so they are sitting straight within my back again ow yeah plus i have whiplash <laughs> so i'm sitting here trying to keep my head as straight up as possible and so I'm going to I actually going to go. I'm going to leave you guys to have a wonderful conversation about cyberpunk. Maybe rip uh, riff on each other a little bit on whose uh, type of sci fi is better. I can see that happening. Uh, Rusty, I do want to apologize. You know, this is this was supposed to be a really great episode going. But, you know, I got in that accident. So, <laughs> yeah, it seems like since we've been trying to get you on, everything has gone wrong. So, <laughs> but, yeah, sorry about yeah. that. We were no, fine. He's the rusty nail in the wheel. <laughs> He's but just now, jazzed about his nickname. Uh, before I go, I just want to say, you know, thank you for wanting to come on so badly. Thank you for being a fan. And you know what? You're nerdy. I'll vouch for your nerdy. You're awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much. We will definitely have to have you on again. And it's where we have all the hosts. And you can just hear Brian say his famous catchphrase to me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Michael. <laughs> there we go. All right, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> you, guys have, you guys have fun enjoy your conversation and i'll see you next week all right sounds good bye right. bye bye all right that went without a hook i didn't know how that was gonna go i've never we've never done the disconnect skype on purpose thing well now that all the squares are gone so now i have to play host which if you've listened to the show you know it's my favorite thing in the whole wide world we're talking about cyberpunk so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to share what we define cyberpunk as. Why don't you go first, Rusty? What is cyberpunk to you? How do you define it? I guess to me, cyberpunk comes down to not only is it sci-fi, so it usually takes place either in the future or just there's a lot of technology, but it's really the story of an individual, usually against their environment. It's usually a man against either a corporate entity or technology itself that somehow run amok that we were no longer able to control. To me, a good cyberpunk, I don't know if it has to, but always has those elements of noir in it. A kind of gritty detective story. And I just love that. I, I read some articles getting ready because I never really... I knew which movies I liked and which games I liked that were cyberpunk, but I never really had a grasp of what it was. The The term that I've seen thrown around a lot in different articles is they're future, they're gritty, and they focus on high-tech, low-life. High-tech, low-life is the phrase I'd heard a lot. I think that's a good way to put it. And and I think that that just means it's, it's high-tech noir, right? Yeah. We just call it cyberpunk. I think a lot of it has to do with the word 
punk anymore means somebody who's kind of goes against the grain, kind of outside the norm. So it's it's like the people who use technology that are going around the corporation, going around the public access. So hackers, you know, sometimes there's cybernetics involved. Yeah, I always think of like um, somebody who not only hacks, but they like plug the computer into them. Like they, they have a plug in their neck or their head or something. Yes, I always thought that was really cool. Let's talk about some of the qualifiers for the cyberpunk genre. So we talked about noir. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about high tech. Does it need to have cybernetics? Not necessarily. I've seen some examples. None come to mind specifically at the moment. But you don't need cybernetics. I think part of that draw for cyberpunk is the cybernetics and the draw of what does it mean to be human anymore. Like you just redefined your humanity in a very uh, real and straightforward way of, well, I'm no longer 100% organic anymore. What does this mean? What differentiates cyberpunk from sci-fi is it just the genre choices is it just like the those those elements we talked about it's hard for me to quantify there's just a certain atmosphere to cyberpunk that i think goes hand in hand with the noir you know you take an example like star wars that star wars is you know you've got the jedi and everything that aren't really part of society you've got the rebels that are a very marginalized group but it just doesn't have that gritty feel to it that one man against you know this big corporate machine, even though in a real sense it is, but it just doesn't have that same feel to it. I, I always thought Star Wars had more of a fantasy feel, even though it's science fiction. Yes, so did I. You you add swords and it becomes more fantasy, but then there are cyberpunk things that blend cyberpunk with fantasy, and we'll we'll talk about that when we talk about some of our favorite things. Why don't we start off with that? So some of our one of my, like, what pops into my head when I define cyberpunk, and you probably do this too, is the Shadowrun role-playing game. Ah, uh, yes. So you've, you've played more Shadowrun than I have. Why don't you describe that? I played a little bit. You probably played more than I have. But for those of you that aren't in the know, Shadowrun takes place a couple decades in the future. It's interesting in that you have your fantasy in the form of magic and some of the fantasy races. <laughs> along with high technology and kind of the real broad background is one of the great dragons came back to the world. And when it did like all the native American shamanistic magic started to work again, coupled with the spontaneous mutation of humanity into elves and dwarves and trolls and orcs uh, in addition to humans. But then all that's kind of, I feel like secondary to the main backdrop of, uh, this tapestry of all these mega corporations and basically they're their own countries. Uh, if you set foot onto corporate soil, the corporation doesn't want anything to happen to you. It won't. And whether that's from a government trying to extradite you or just the average citizen trying to come in and talk to you, they will be turned away because the corporations have so much power in this world and shadow runners are groups of criminals, which I think some people have a hard time wrapping their heads around. Like, first and foremost, you're a criminal if you're a shadow runner. And they're used by corporations and other entities as what you call deniable assets. So you need files stolen from a mainframe. You need somebody killed, kidnapped. You hire, hire shadow runners who will go in, get it done. You pay them. 
they get caught or killed, can't be connected back to you. So it's like corporate espionage mixed with a high-tech setting and a noir-type feel. Exactly. With elves and orcs. <laughs> Just for flavor, some elves and orcs in there. I, I totally disagree with you. I think you've done more with Shadowrun than I have. Because <laughs> <laughs> you sound a lot more familiar with the setting than I have. My big experience with um, cyberpunk role-playing was Ninjas and Super Spice. Uh, it's a Palladium role-playing game. And... It's supposed to have a feel like a James Bond, Bruce Lee type of thing. But every time I played it, we folk, we, it was always, it was always PI type work and noir with cybernetics and technology and people plugging into computers. And this was, this was before we'd ever heard of Shadowrun. It always had a cyberpunk like feel. So I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. It's a Palladium game. If you've ever heard of Rifts, it's the same company. Oh, okay. I've heard of Rifts, or yeah. Heroes Unlimited. Mm-hmm. The thing that attracted me to it was the book has just this huge collection of cybernetic enhancements your characters can get. Oh, wow. And it's supposed to be a super spy type game, but we always ended up playing cyberpunk. I think it was because... Right around the same time as we were playing it, there, you know, there were movies like Hackers and Johnny Mnemonic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So did you go overboard with those cybernetic enhancements? Were you like more chrome than flesh at that point? I I tended to do like almost like a technopath type way where I would get I would get implants that could let me communicate with technology so I could like beam an image to a TV. I tended to like that kind of feel. My character had implants that he could actually bounce microwaves off his body so he could turn himself into a death ray. (laughs) Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that game. He could also cook food quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Don't carry a candy bar in your pocket. (laughs) I, I mentioned hackers. Hackers is, would you, would you call hackers cyberpunk? Cause I definitely do. Oh, wow. I never thought of it as cyberpunk before, but now that you've said it, I can see I can see why you would. It's got a lot of the elements that make good cyberpunk. Wait, it wasn't it wasn't noir, but no. it had a very fringe and it had a punk rock kind of feel to it. Yeah, you had these you, you had this society of anti-establishment people who were basically what what was the term hack the planet yes yeah i I, it's probably one of the worst movies that represents hacker culture or hacking (laughs) in any way possible and i think that's one of the reasons why we love it so much is because it's so over the top right especially when they're basically doing sorcery with hacking at the end of the movie (laughs) when did that come out late 80s early 90s 96 Okay. Yeah, and that was kind of the mid nineties. You had that melting pot in the movie of like the fringe skater culture with the fringe hacker culture. And it just all came together really well. What movies come to mind what what movie comes to mind for you? We'll go back and forth a little bit. Okay. Um you've already mentioned it, but uh Johnny Mnemonic is definitely up there as a good example. Johnny, Johnny Mnemonic is Shadowrun without the orcs and trolls. Well, you know, um, it is, and it's also based off of a William Gibson short story. You've, and, uh, you've read some William Gibson, haven't you? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, I never have, but that that's like 
that's like cyberpunk in literature. That's like the birth of cyberpunk. It is, in fact, his novel uh, Neuromancer, which is kind of the if you were going to teach a class on cyberpunk, like you would start with that novel. That's actually where the uh, word cyber was coined. Cyberspace was coined. Oh, that's cool. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. What what kind of elements were in the book that that made it cyber? What else was in it? So you start with um, the main character, whose name is Case, and he's a hacker, and it takes place in the future. So I believe he lives somewhere in Asia, and it's kind of like everything's. Well, first of all, Asia's got like one of the main monopolies on neon in the world. So you're off to a good start with cyberpunk. You know, a lot of big corporations there and he gets picked up by a group to hack some files. There's another character, Molly millions who she's your cyborg. So she's had things like, um, all of her fingernails are artificial, have retractable scalpel blades under them. Like she has set over each eye, like mirrored sunglass lenses, the main goal that they're after is to find a uh, an artificial intelligence uh, called uh, Neuromancer. Oh wow, that that's really similar to Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, in fact, the girl from Johnny Mnemonic is supposed to be Molly Millions. So, um, listeners, I'm trying to find the year on Johnny Mnemonic. If you haven't seen it, 1995, so right before Hackers. Okay. If you haven't seen it, it's a Keanu Reeves movie. It's pre-Matrix, and it's a very gritty, I would call it a really gritty, interesting future hacker movie with a little bit of action, but it's more like real into the gritty sci-fi that goes completely off the rails by the end of the movie. Very much so. Yeah. Ice T's in it, if that gives you any hint. Uh, That's right, he is. (laughs) Yeah. And a talking dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if... If I remember right, Johnny's a hacker, but not in the traditional sense. People pay him money to ferry information in his brain, basically. Yeah, that's why he's called mnemonic. And it's like he had he's missing memories. He had to give up like his entire childhood to free up the space. That's right. Yeah, it, it's coming back to me, too. I'm it's been so long since I've seen it. I got to see that again. It's it. It's one of my favorites. Let's let's talk about some of the more traditional cyberpunk movies and then we'll go to the ones that are sort of like a reach or what you know we consider you you may consider them cyberpunk but not necessarily so i'm gonna dig into the cyberpunk movie blade runner oh yes blade runner i'm gonna make a little confession about blade runner i have never made it to the end of the movie without falling asleep (laughs) you're actually in surprisingly good company i i liked the atmosphere of the movie a lot I just love it to death, but I wasn't a huge fan of the plot itself. When I saw it for the first time, I saw it in a cinema, a cinema as literature class, and the environment in the classroom just lulled me. I, I, I really was into, like you said, the atmosphere of the movie. I thought all the neon, the big tall buildings, I was real drawn into a lot of the symbolism in the movie, and then I just passed out like a quarter way in <laughs> and every every time i've tried to watch it since i haven't been able to make it to the end it it doesn't have a real captivating story structure it really doesn't um i had tried to watch it when i was in high school and i had looked into the movie itself 
and I found out it was based off a novel. And so I bought and read the novel, and the novel I really enjoyed. Um, what's the name of the novel? Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? By? Uh, Philip K. Dick. Another, like, godfather of this subgenre. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the book does a much better job explaining things than the movie. So uh, you remember, like, the scene with the owl when he's at the uh, that guy's office? No, I don't. See, in my mind, I remember the establishing shot of the city, mm-hmm. and I remember the person buying the, the, the snake on the black market, the replicant snake. Right. But that's really all that sticks in my mind. And I think I remember a guy gouged someone's eyes out with their thumbs, mm-hmm. and I remember um, a guy made origami animals. Okay. Um, that. That's that's about as far as I can go. Even though I'm so vague on the movie, I'm very familiar with the imagery of it. And I know, like, when I think of cyberpunk, I think of how that movie looked. Right. Yeah, the novel explains, like, the reason they have replicant animals is because nuclear war, the fallout killed most of the real animals. And in the movie, you just kind of assume that animals died out. Right. They don't never say either way. You know, let's buy a fake snake. Are they cheaper than real snakes? Well, they make a comment like like someone says, I, I haven't seen a real one since I was a kid or something like that. Right. One of the things I did love about the atmosphere, and it often gets overlooked, is not only did you have some like slang they developed for the movie, but they develop a whole street language which Decker describes as a melting pot of all the different languages and cultures that inhabit the city. And that that's not conveyed in the movie at all. No, in his voiceover, he talks about it. Yeah. When uh, Harrison Ford gets talked to by that cop, he says, you know, just to be a jerk, he wants a translator. Have you ever seen um, a scanner darkly? Yes. That's actually, I've read the book. That's another Dick book. Have you seen the movie? Yeah. Would you describe that as cyberpunk? Yes and no. It certainly has some elements of good cyberpunk, but at its core, I just got the feeling it was more of an undercover detective story with like some technology around it. And it's it's neat how you can make that. You can you can say that maybe you could say it's like watered down cyberpunk. Yeah. What what um what other films can you think of? See, um, Judge Dredd, both. Uh, oh my God! Yes, both cyberpunk. the original and the remake. The the both are cyberpunk. Oh yes, and the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the 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 I think it take it's post apocalyptic cyberpunk, which and it's real like gritty post apocalyptic cyberpunk. Yeah, very much so. Judge Dredd is a comic around a uh, Is it a far future society? Uh, I want to say it's at least a good amount, maybe a hundred years, if not a little more, just based yeah, on some of the technology. It's a far future society where there's only a few cities left, and there's a mega city that has built itself up super high, and its main crime control are police officers called judges who have the power of full judicial authority. Right. And 
there's some amazing technology tracer bullets and um well, tracer bullets are real brian no I, I mean like like guided bullets oh okay i got you now i don't mean like tracers i mean like guided bullets like 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 smart bullets smart bullets oh okay i know smart bullets are probably real too but they were inspired by this <laughs> uh, what was the, the the gun with the dna identification I don't know if that was in the comic, though. I don't remember it being in the comic. You know, I I just recently got into the comics. I finished one of them from the library and immediately picked up another one. But no, I don't know if that was in the comics or not. I found out the comics are actually British, which makes me a little concerned that that's their perception of Americans. <laughs> I, I think um, you get... Some of the best dystopias from British creators. Seems like sci-fi in general, like the Brits or people from the UK just do it really well. So I have one for you that it's not traditional cyberpunk in the in the in the furthest, but I I still consider it cyberpunk. Brazil. Yeah, I can see that. Um man, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's it's wacky acid trip cyberpunk but it's it has the noir element it has a secret society element it has mega corporations it's more of a dystopia story than cyberpunk but it has a lot of those elements in it but the thing that brazil did is none of the technology works right that was a really interesting take it's not you finally have a main character who's not like a cop or a pi or a soldier or whatever he was just like an office worker bee who kind of gets fed up with stuff and he doesn't really accomplish a lot, but it does a really good job of putting you in that frustrated, you know, I'm just one man. How am I supposed to do anything about this type role? There have been a few TV shows that have come and gone. See, I couldn't think of any TV. So what what do you have in mind? For whatever reason, sci-fi in general didn't last long on, uh, on TV here in the States. But, um, so to start with the most recent, there was the television adaptation of um, oh, it escapes me at the moment. The movie had Tom Cruise in it, where the psychics can see the crime before it happens. Oh, the Minority Report. Yes, that was it. Yeah, I hadn't watched that. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, I just thought of one was um, Almost Human. Yes, that was, that was on for about a year. And that was going to be my next one. The RoboCop TV show. I know there was a miniseries. There was a. There was a RoboCop show for one year. Oh, okay. Was that RoboCop Prime Directives? No, it was just RoboCop the series, 1994. Oh, wow. Yeah, live action show. It was good. Oh. I, I've never. RoboCop Prime Directive, that was like 2001. Yeah. I remember there was a RoboCop cartoon because in the 90s, people thought it was a really good idea to take. Uh, adult movies and turn them into kids tv shows like toxic crusader yep or uh <laughs> starship troopers <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that starship troopers is a great example of a sci-fi movie that isn't cyberpunk right yeah yeah that's that and and it has a lot of those elements but you wouldn't call it cyberpunk and it's the feel of it it and it's hard to define i mean it has high tech but it's a military drama. It's not. It's a military action movie. It's not cyberpunk. Right. It's uh, and I finally got around to reading the book years ago, and it's 
it's certainly sci-fi, but it doesn't have that noir feel, feel to it. It's their whole culture is based to be very like not militaristic, but in order to be a full-fledged citizen, you have to serve somehow, whether that's through the military or as a cop or a teacher. And so it's more about that. It's not like, well, we're we're taking away all of your rights because we're a big corporation and we care about more money than people. It's about uh, Juan Rico being like, you know what? I'm going to be a soldier and I'm going to be a citizen. And then all this other stuff happens to him. They they made commentary on the Internet before the Internet. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. Um, the whole would you like to know more thing? It was mm. it, it. It's almost like how we use the Internet now. And the internet was just, back then, was just basically AOL and bulletin board servers. AOL, that makes me feel old. Well, it was 97, so it was starting to become what it is now. But, I mean, this was still dial-up days. Yeah. The best you could get was 56K. So, I I thought of a movie. I'm going to bounce around a little bit. We can we can just share video games, movies, whatever. But it's a um, Cronenberg movie called Extends. No, I've never heard of that. Oh, wow. It came out in 1999. The twist is it's biotechnology. Okay. It's about people playing a virtual reality game where they're going deeper and deeper into the game and dealing with a resistance group that's trying to get the game shut down because it's removing people from reality. Okay. And... You have to like plug living things into your body. It's really gross. It's a it's a Cronenberg movie. Oh but yeah, it, Jude Law and I can't remember the female lead. Oh yeah, um, really it's a little gross. more. So is it a little more biopunk than cyberpunk? Would you say? I I would totally call it cyberpunk. Did you say biopunk? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'd never heard of biopunk until you described it when we were talking about planning this episode. Um, okay. And I wouldn't fit it into what you described as biopunk. Why don't you just describe biopunk real quick for the listeners? So biopunk deviates from cyberpunk in that you can have a lot of the same elements, but most of your technology is going to be based not off, elect- off electronics, but off biological organisms and the engineering of them. So, so you-, you might like wear a mask that's some kind of alien or... Yeah, like... Uh, Instead of putting on scuba gear, you might like put on like an artificial gill over your face. Is it mostly comics and literature? Is it is it hard to find it in movies and TV? I've never really found a good example of it in movies or TV. I don't know if I've ever really found a good example of it at all, to be honest. Um, Where did you hear of it? Years ago. I remember. I don't know why I remember this so clearly. I was in the uh, the basement of my uh, community college here in Ohio and I was working on a paper and I have pretty hardcore ADHD. So it, it struck me at that moment. I need to know everything about cyberpunk. So I hit Wikipedia and it lists a lot of the uh, like sub sub genres of it. And that was one of them that stuck with me fairly well because I thought that would be so cool. Yeah. There's so many of them. I mean, even steampunk came from mm-hmm. the love of that kind of thing. Right. I wanted to share a movie that I consider cyberpunk and people fight me on this. The Fifth Element. Okay. What do you think of that defined as cyberpunk? Really don't feel like it's a cyberpunk movie. Like if he had stayed on Earth, maybe. 
but then he gets on this you know, intergalactic cruise ship and has to fulfill you know this destiny of these elements to me kind of just removes it from the cyberpunk genre yeah, when it would you call it cross genre like genre mashing i mean it, you can say that it's primarily a like a soft sci-fi so not like for, for the people that don't know hard sci-fi is like very everything's very scientifically based so you could call it you know kind of light sci-fi with some cyberpunk elements i'd be fine with that well you have established yourself as the authority i mean if i had to make like a final like ruling and bang the gavel on this one i'd say no it's not cyberpunk it it, it basically has to be on the street from beginning to end with that like high-tech low-life feel to it pretty much the matrix you know yes i would define that as cyberpunk I found it to be a, a novel approach to cyberpunk because you have the on the street in the matrix, then you have that in the real world in the hovercrafts, which has a real like sci-fi feel to it, but it has a real they're fighting the machine like a giant corporation type of feel too. They're literally in a box that's going through the cables. Right. I thought the matrix was interesting. So a lot of cyberpunk deals with the, you know, big conspiracies are like the everything you know is a lie, but it takes that everything you know is a lie to the grandest scale imaginable. Yeah, I and I can I can imagine that happening with cyberpunk too. Um was it the big giant cyberpunk movie that's coming out that's going to have everything you know is a lie is um the Ghost in the Shell live action movie? Oh yeah. I'm my familiar with Ghost in the Shell. I I've never seen the movie. I've only seen the show, the standalone complex. Um, you know, I didn't watch the movie till like 8 months ago. Not the movie. I'd watched the um standalone complex when it was on Adult Swim. Yeah, that's how I got exposed to it. And I thought that was really cool. Was the movie good? It is good. The movie, the thing that drew me out of the show a little bit is it has a very detailed history that they feel like the fans should already know going into it and the movie doesn't do that yeah it explains so the show is like based around expecting you to have seen the movie right because they're always like well 60 years ago in non-nuclear world war three and then nuclear world war three like you've already lost me I haven't played a lot of um, cyberpunk video games. Have you played any? I've played a few, yeah. What's a good example of a cyberpunk game? So, one of the best, most well-known, because it's still around today, would have to be Deus Ex. See, I now, if you've listened to the show, you know I don't play video games. I watch them. I've heard of okay. that game, but I've never really seen anything on it. So, tell me a little bit about Deus Ex. Okay, so... Uh, the first game came out in late 90s, and so in that game, it actually takes place after the games that came out recently, but everything in that is um, nanotechnology-based, and you play a character, J.C. Denton, who belongs to like an anti-terrorism task force, and he is kind of the first transition away from your standard mechanical augmentations to nanotechnology and the gameplay was really cool because you could customize all your implants so you found these like little canisters and each one had the blueprints for 
two uh, upgrades. But the thing is, you could only pick one. And it was usually, you know, do you want to be more combat oriented and soak up all this damage? Or do you want to be able to, like, see enemies through walls? So gameplay is different every time you play it because you can customize your character. Right. So is it far future or near future? Um, it's more near future. The um, one that came out most recently, I want to say, takes place in the 2070s. Well, that's that's pretty far ahead. But yeah, that I mean, we could live to see that. So I would call that near future. We're about to run out of time. Uh-oh. Yeah, we're we're in the outro part. So okay. um, that was a great conversation on cyberpunk. Sorry to cut us off so quick. I feel like you and I could talk forever about this. Yeah, we probably could. This is the part of the show where we talk about um, stuff we got coming up, nerdy things we got planned. Just to give you a feel for how it goes, I'll go first. So I am chomping at the bit to see Logan. Still haven't seen it yet. Mm. Oh, yeah, it definitely looks good. Uh, everything I've seen on the reviews say it's if you're going to see one movie about Wolverine, that's the one. I'm really excited. I, I hear it's really good. I um, um, miss miss movies on Twitter um, did mm. a dual review of that and get out. She saw them as a double feature. Oh, OK. And I want to do that. That's the reason why I've been putting it off. But hopefully they're still in theater by the time I get a chance to do it. I guess you could do your own double feature if you if you miss the chance. She said, no offense to Logan, but Get Out's a better movie. She said Logan was amazing, but Get Out was really good. Yeah, it. I'm trying to remember which one of them it was, but Get Out was done by one of the guys from Key and Peele. Uh, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it in another episode because I was wanting to see it. So I'm really going to have to rush out and see that one before it leaves. I missed Rings and I wanted to see that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big horror movie guy, but that did look interesting. Oh, I'm, I just like the whole series. I, 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 I even liked I even liked the sequel, even okay. though, it, I mean, it was clearly not as good, but I liked it. <laughs> now, are you more a fan of the original Japanese films or the American films? The American films. There's something about Japanese horror films that ruins my suspension of disbelief. Hmm. It's just the way there there have been times I've jumped. There's been some times that I've gotten some good scares from Japanese versions that I didn't get. Like Juan, the Japanese version of the grudge, the original grudge mm. made me jump a whole lot more in places than the remake. But I have to say I was more consistently scared during the remake. Okay. You know what they just made in Japan just recently was Juan versus the ring. Oh, wow. Yeah, they did it Freddy versus Jason style, where they didn't really take it too seriously. <laughs> where they're like, like some, um, oh, I can't think of the Japanese name for the character, but I'll just speak in the remakes. Was Samara dives out of the TV and grabs the ghost from the grudge. <laughs> you can find the trailer for it. It's pretty wacky. Okay. But I mean, they they consider that iconic there. It's... There's definitely some really good Japanese horror, but I mean, as far as good Japanese horror, I think mm -hmm. the audition gets me. I think the audition is probably the scariest movie I've ever seen. I'm not familiar with that. It's um, it's not supernatural. It's okay. Um, but it's a terrifying movie. It's about a um, a woman who gets obsessed with 
a man and does absolutely horrible things that will stick with to him that will stick with you for the rest of your life. Okay. Rob Zombie calls it the scariest horror movie he's ever seen. Oh wow. What do you got going on? Uh not a whole lot. Um you know, take care of the new baby. Uh, I, I am excited for the uh, Ghost in the Shell movie coming out. I I can't figure out whether it's supposed to be like a direct remake of the anime film or if they're doing something new with it. But either I'm way, sure it'll be worth seeing. Something new with it. I'm sure they're doing something new with it. Yeah, it'll be worth seeing. I know there's some controversy around it with their casting choices, but I think it'll yeah. be a good film. Yeah, I don't want to get into whitewashing too much because it's just a rabbit hole, <laughs> the kind of can of worms I don't really want to open. But I do look forward to seeing the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be really cool to see how they do some of that in live action effects. One one thing I do have to announce that um, so podcast related stuff, the middle of April till the end of the Supernatural season I'm going to be a substitute host on Supernatural The Road So Far podcast. Um, while Malik is um, traveling the world, I will be um, I will be on that show talking about the new episodes of Supernatural. Not entirely sure about the date I start doing that, but I'll be on that show for a little while. So if you want to hear me in a different format and you like Supernatural and you're caught up because it's a spoiler podcast, um, check it out. I'll be on there. Um, SNRoadSoFar.com. If... You want to reach us, you can reach us at the Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page. You can also reach us at um, brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, anthony.com, and um, on Twitter, at SuperVeganBrian, at NerdcasterMike, at NerdcastRadio. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcasting platform you listen to we have two reviews on itunes thank you heather and cat for those reviews um we have a whole lot of new listen listeners now so please go on there tell us what you think um hopefully give us a positive review but if you give us an if anything other than positive please give us some feedback so we know what to do different do you do you want to share any contact information or anything rusty um you're not a real social network person. I'm not. Um, I was trying to work on a blog for a little while, and then I didn't realize how much work actually went into blogs. Email me, and I'll, I'll give Rusty the message if you want to give him feedback. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you want to get in touch with me, just get in touch with Brian, and uh, you know he'll be my middleman. Well, you know, you're married to Chrissy Smurf Erica, so you guys are totally off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got. I. Uh, once again, I hate hosting, um, so I am going to close out the show as awkwardly as possible. We had a great show talking about um, cyberpunk. I almost said steampunk. Talking about cyberpunk, um, <laughs> about how we dug into it really deep compared to what I thought of it before. It's nice to really define it as a genre. And um, thank you, Rusty, for being on and talking about some of these um, some of these movies and shows and stuff that we love and exploring some of the nature of cyberpunk versus sci-fi, etc. So oh, you're welcome. So this has been Super Vegan Brian and the Rusty Nail. <laughs> and as usual, stay. Oh God, I'm gonna get it wrong. 
stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Thanks again for being on, Rusty. Oh, no, the pleasure's all mine.